podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tags podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, we are, we're finally here. It's the last episode of our season preview for each Big 12 team for 2022. That means football season is almost here. So we kind of get finally get into it, the West Virginia preview. Um, and I'm excited for this episode, not just because we're at the, the end of the, of the road, but I... We're, I don't want to say we're saving our best for last, but I'm going to just go ahead and introduce them. That is Brandon Phoenix from the Raspy Voice Kids podcast, also known as I Also Hate Pit. What's going on, Brandon? What's really hood with you, man? It's Man, it's always a good time having you on the podcast. Uh, I remember when you were on here last year, everybody loved it. I'm glad to get you. I'm happy to get you back on and talk West Virginia. Uh, and, and your boy, Neil Brown, we were, we were joking about a pre-pod. You know, Neil Neil Brown is in a very interesting situation, and it's a situation that Tech fans are familiar with. Just just a year ago, we had a coach that was coming into his what seemed to be his make or break season, where a bowl wasn't enough for our coach last year. He had to get at least seven wins to even have a chance at the following season. Is that where Neil Brown is too? No, no. Y'all got more money out West Texas, I'm guessing, because <laughs> Neil Brown's buyout is too big. We looked at the numbers. It's too big. He's not going anywhere. I don't care if there's an absolutely abysmal season unless there's an all-out mutiny. Neil Brown is going nowhere. I don't care what happens this season. Shane Lyons is not firing him. So it is a precarious situation. Uh, some people are saying it is the most important season of West Virginia University football. I don't know that I would go that far. Um, but it is a big deal, but he's not on that hot of a seat because of the buyout. So it's, it's interesting that you say that. I, I actually saw something this morning talking about how it would take $20 million to fire Neil Brown. This is why, Tech fans, you do not give extensions this early, right? Uh, we were in the same predicament with Cliff Kingsbury before. We gave him extension after one year, became too expensive to fire. Uh, 20 mil. 20 mil to get rid of Neil Brown. So, so he's actually more comfortable than I, I originally was thinking going into this podcast. Too big to fail, man. He's too big to fail. Like, that's where we are right now. Like, Neil Brown has got a good agent. He's in a cushy position. He's got room to grow. He's recruiting fairly well. So regardless of what happens this season, you're going to see Neil Brown for a little while longer in Morgantown. Well, I mean, so I will say there is a bright side of that. You kind of talked about it, right, is that you're not – in a make or break where you have a coach that's making decisions solely for this year because he knows that he has no other option. He can kind of think ahead, think to the future. Now, West Virginia, y'all are used to competing. Y'all are, before coming to the Big 12, when you were in the, whether it was the Big East or, or anything else, you were competing for titles. You were competing for championships, and that hasn't necessarily happened. Um, and you know, the hope was getting Neil Brown here, it would start over. Now, you do have JT Daniels now. And that's another guy that you used to compete in. And he wasn't competing before. He wasn't even starting before. But now, but he's a big name. And he's a big name, has a lot of talent. Do What do you think about JT Daniels coming and being the starting quarterback for the Mountaineers? He's got the pedigree. He's a former five-star, former uh, top-level recruit coming out of high school. He showed what he could do at USC. He did very well when he was healthy. 
at Georgia, same thing. Played very well at, with an SEC schedule while he was healthy. Injuries have plagued him. When he's healthy, he balls. When he's not, he can't stay on the field. We're excited about JT Daniels as long as the guy can play, as long as he can be on the field. That's the biggest issue. It's not so much can he do it, but will he do it? Will he stay healthy? Now, if he does go down, though, Garrett, listen, Garrett Green, and we talked about it last year, he's a guy, it was almost like, Neil, what are you What are you doing? Garrett Green, if Garrett Green's playing, West Virginia has a better chance of winning, and Neil just refused. He was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, me and the Daggies were too close. We love each other. It's too much. I'm not going to I'm not gonna let Garrett Green come. But if in a situation where JT Neal, I do think Green's one of the best backup quarterbacks, and I'd argue, in the conference. Like he's, I think you are in a position where if your starter does go down, you do have Green right there that has at least some experience playing. You had some packages last year. And I assume those packages will continue this year as well. It's, it's one of the rare times where the, the backup white guy is actually the, the athletic one. But, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, you do, he, at least you have that there for you. Well, you know, it's like that, that old song, man. Can you do it? I'm not going to be able to do it. That old song, man, Neil Brown, he's not a big fan of Gary Green. He, he lets him play when he has to let him play. And then he makes sure to rip him when he gets the opportunity. I don't know how Graham Harrell's going to use him. There have been tidbits coming out of practice showing Gary Green using his legs. There's not been a lot showing Gary Green using his arm. Gary Green is most effective when he's using that read option and he can run the football because that's what he does best. Not that he can't do the other things, but that's what he does best. I don't know how Graham Harrell's going to use him. And, and to me, that's the biggest X factor. We don't know what Graham Harrell's going to do in this offense. Before with Neil Brown, you kind of got what you were going to get. Now with Graham Harrell, we got a wild card. So we'll see if there's any packages out there. So with thank, thanks for mentioning Graham Harrell. With Graham Harrell, West Virginia, y'all cannot stop pulling from the Texas Tech pipeline. You know, getting Neil Brown, getting Daggy. Now you got Graham Harrell, um, and Graham Harrell. As the, and, and we've seen we've seen not just him as a quarterback, but him as a coach and elsewhere. He likes to sling the ball. He likes to sling the rock. Um, he likes to have that. And, and it's funny because we were just talking about TCU earlier this week, and it's like it's almost like the Big Twelve was like, yeah, this was it was cool having these Big Twelve dominant defenses the last couple of years. Yeah, we're gonna dead that. We're back to spread. We're back to the spreads right, with with Graham Harrell and Zach. Kitley and Sonny Dykes and, and and Garrett Riley. We're back to the spreads. Um, and so what are you expecting from this offense? Not just Graham Harrell, but some of your skill guys. I mean, are, are we gonna we're gonna be out and running this year? Graham Harrell says he expects to score on every possession. So if he expects to score on every possession, he's matching my energy. You know what he's saying? You know, like matching my fly. Like that's what he wants to do, that's what I want to do. So let's go do it. From a fan's perspective, that's what I'm trying to do, man. We want to score every time we have the football. If Graham Harrell says that's what he expects, then that's what we want to see. I don't know how realistic that is. Obviously, that's asking a lot. Um, I don't care how he does it. By sea or by land, we don't care, man. By air, sea, or land, just get it done. Get the ball in the end zone, move the chains. We like doing that first down chant. I don't know. I know you went to a game last year, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you heard that. First down, clap. So you, you heard all that. We, we just want a lot of those. 
I'm I'm very I've, I'm always a fan for like fan synch- uh, uh, synchronization, like everybody knowing what to do. I even asked some of the fans when I went to the West Virginia game, like, do y'all just do y'all text each other, knowing how to how to stripe out the field? Like, hey, hey y'all over there, y'all gonna be blue? You in section two eighty, so make sure to wear yellow. Like so, and West Virginia's great at that synchronization all the way around. And then the clap first down, y'all also have the chance for touchdown. Uh, it was I will say this, and it kind of breakaway. Uh, I had a great time. In Morgantown last year, absolutely fantastic time. One of the best, one of the best road games I've been to. Everybody was so nice. After an L, we won the Tech won the game. After an L, everybody was like, "Oh man, it's great having y'all here." I'm like, "Oh, that's fantastic. Y'all are great people." Yeah, and by the way, just just so you know, we don't wear yellow, man. We wear old gold. We wear old gold. Old, old gold. That's my, my. Hey, that's 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 same scarlet and black. So I, I I get it. I got you. I got you. Hey. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I said I know you understand. You get it. You understand <laughs> yeah. the, the importance of the colors. You get it. Already, already. Um, so, so as we kind of talk about scoring on every position, and that is that is going to be uh, definitely the goal for Graham Harrell on the offense. Um, let's, but Graham Harrell isn't known to run the ball too much, and y'all do have some workhorses. Not as potent a a running back group as we've normally seen from West Virginia, or as we've seen as far as a. Uh, um, uh, uh, experience, but how talented are these guys? Uh, have you seen out of camp, and and what can you tell us about them? I think Tony Mathis is more explosive than Letty Brown was. Wow. I think Tony Mathis is better than Letty Brown. Yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. I, I genuinely think that. I think he's more athletic. Lin J. Dixon would have been a nice addition, uh, but of course he he was no longer with the team. He's now at Tennessee. He's got some issues. Obviously, leaving Clemson left us. He's got his own issues. He's no longer here. But you've got Justin Johnson. You've got uh, Jalen Anderson. You've got other guys who can pick up the rock and run the football behind an experienced offensive line. I think we're going to lean on the running game a little more than Graham Harrell's typically used to doing because, one, the receivers haven't proven themselves, but, two, it just makes sense to have a balanced attack with what you have. And the best coaches do that. They, they play the cards they're dealt. They don't force themselves. Uh, and that's one thing I'll give to Dana Holgerson. This is, you know, Dana Holgerson, you look at the year in 2016 uh, with with Skyler Howard when they ran the ball like crazy when even though he was known for airing it out, that's what the best coaches do. They figure out what they have and they exploit it. So hopefully that's what Graham Harrell and Neil Brown will do this year with what the offense gives them. Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson, Jalen Anderson, I think those guys can be successful running the football uh, when JT Daniels, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Caden Prather and Sam James aren't getting the rock out in the air. So you kind of talked about the O-line a little bit, but that's that's got to be the strength of the offense. This offensive line where you got Zach Frazier coming back, Doug Nestor, Brandon Yates. I mean, talk a little bit about that offensive line. And, and do you think that is, as the O-line goes, the team will go? Yeah, I mean, you know how it is, man. Wins and losses start in the trenches, and that's for everybody. That's why Alabama is who they are. They go 10 deep on both sides of the football, and and the best teams always do. And really, West Virginia has that experience in the offensive line. They've got a guy in Zach Frazier who could be another All-American yet again uh, at his position in center. you got Wyatt Milam who could be a, another All-American at left tackle. You've got Brand- – uh, you really have a battle. Brandon Yates is back, but you've got a battle – with Jaquay Hubbard coming from Virginia right now. Um, him and Brandon Yates and Jaquay Hubbard are battling it out for that right tackle position. Doug Nestor's another experienced guy who came from Virginia Tech. He played for West Virginia last year. 
Uh, he's a he's a Mountain State kid. He's a Mountaineer, born and bred uh, from Spring Valley. So we'll see what he can do. He's got the pedigree. I don't know that he's nasty enough. So we'll see if he's learned how to be nasty. You know, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, see if he's nasty this year. Yeah, it makes a big difference, man. You can have all the skill in the world, but if you ain't nasty in them trenches, then it just doesn't make the difference, especially at the tackle position. I mean, at the guard position, sorry. Uh, so we'll see what, what happens there. But I think the offensive line is going to be effective, and it should be an anchor for us. And it should give JT Daniels the time he needs to be effective. And again, should give those running backs the lanes they need to be effective. Well, I will say this is the year to have a good O-line because the D-lines in the Big 12 this year are, we're talking about nasty. The D-lines are nasty across the board, right? I mean, even on tech side, we got Tyree Wilson, who I I read an article the other day where he's a long shot for the number one pick in the NFL draft, right? So the D-lines across the board on the conference are, are up there. But you got your own big boy. You know, I talk about Tyree Wilson. You you got your own your own big boy last year who came back in Dante Stills. Um, so talk. I mean, how much of a relief was it that he was coming back? It was a shock to me. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was happy. I was ready for him to go. Was- yeah, go to the NFL. Call it a day. Yeah, no, it was not a relief. It was a shock to me too. I never thought it was even a consideration for him. I it never occurred to me that he was he would consider coming back. And then next thing you know, there was the the there were rumblings that he was coming back, and the next thing you know, he's saying, yeah, I'm coming back, and he's he's a super senior. The kid is from Fairmont. He's a Mountaineer born and bred. Uh, a lot of people saying that the reason we got Darius was because we wanted Dante, and Darius, of course, a consensus All-American, turned out to be a great, great addition, quote-unquote, uh, tag-along, quote-unquote, to get Dante Stills, and here we have Dante Stills, who's just a monster. He's working on the little intricacies of his game to really round out who and what he is and what he can do as a defensive lineman. The thing that is always a question for him, though, is will he be invested rep in and rep out? He's so good when he wants to be. There are moments where he seems to be distracted or complacent. If he's not distracted, if he's not complacent, he's a monster. He's a man amongst boys. So we'll see if he get if we get all of him all the time this season. But he's not by himself. You got Taj Austin. You got Jalen Thornton. You got uh, lots of guys on that defensive line that could really make a big difference. It hurts that we lost Akeem Mesidor to Miami in the NIL down there, that collective that they have. That's a big loss for us. That's a big loss for us. And there are people who, who will make excuses saying that we don't really need a guy like Akeem Mesidor. If he doesn't want to be here, we don't need him. Akeem Mesidor on his way out saying that he didn't feel safe in Morgantown, so he goes down to Miami. All I know is it hurts the line. I don't care what is said by anybody else. That's all I know. Hopefully the rest of the guys can pick up the slack and the young fellas can pick up the slack and do their thing. Well, I mean, unfortunately on the defensive side, you did lose, you know, uh, some other starters. Um, you were able to – you did end up losing Chandler Samato, but you grabbed – you picked up uh, – on your own transfer portal, your own side, picked up some studs. You got Lee Pogba the number one Juco backer in the entire class, right? And then you had also Jasir Cox from from NDSU, from North Dakota State. So it seemed like he kind of went to the lower ranks and said, we'll pick the best guys you have and see what they can do on the FB, on the Power 5 level. I mean, what do you think about uh, how those transfers will be able to do for you? So we lost, like, our entire entire secondary. The only guy really is Charles Woods coming back as far as starters are concerned. But we got, like you said, Jasir Cox. We got a Jay from, uh, from Colorado State. We got guys who who are, who've played a lot of football, just not at the power five level. 
So you lose Josh Chandler Samito, the leading tackler from the in that middle linebacker spot, the Mike spot, but you get Koba, who's coming in, who was once on scholarship at Syracuse, who's just a physical specimen, a guy who comes from humble beginnings, who's just really hungry, coming from that JUCO level. You know, you know this. If you play JUCO football, it's because you want it. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. Stay, and if you make it to the Power 5 level, it's because you wanted it. You're hungry. As they say, you've got that dog in you. And so here we got Lee Koba, and all you hear, all you hear nonstop is how much of an absolute terror Lee Koba is. So the Mountaineers are really banking on him being what Josh Chandler Samito wasn't athletically. Samito was smart. Samito was talented, but he wasn't athletically what we needed. So now he's at Colorado, and instead we've got Lee Koba. You got Jared Bartlett, who plays that bandit position, which is going to be a big deal for us. He had four sacks against Virginia Tech last year, but didn't do much else. If he can replicate what he did at Virginia Tech or against Virginia Tech last year, the Mountaineer linebacking core is going to be pretty good. So we'll see what that front seven will do. It's going to have to be really stout because the secondary lacks power five experience. So I know earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how Neil Brown, it's going to take, cost $20 million to, to, to let go of Neil Brown. And, you know, West Virginia don't necessarily have it. But I think one thing that could help our West Virginia fans and the AD over there is they just got to call my guy, the franchise consultant, that is Adam Goldman at FranchiseCoach.net. Adam Goldman is an serial entrepreneur. He is a franchise consultant, experienced experience investor, and a master franchisor. And he's going to be able to help you get the franchise that you want and expand that portfolio that you so desperately need. Listen, nowadays, inflation is going through the roof. And the best way to tackle that inflation is to make money on your own. And Adam's going to be there to help you. Um, and if you want to do something like invest money to to help potentially get rid of that, uh, uh, the head coach you have at your school, you got to get my guy Adam Goldman on the line. So book a time with him at franchisecoach.net and change your life. Um, so uh, <laughs> with that, with that, Brandon, I, I did want to look ahead to the Texas Tech-West Virginia game because I think both teams are in an interesting spot, right? That middle part of the Big 12, it's, it's a it's a dogfight. Like there's so many. There's TCU, West Virginia, uh, Iowa State. They're gonna fall off their perch this year. Um, te- we don't know. Nobody nobody really knows what Texas is gonna be. Everybody likes to act like Texas is gonna just somebody gave them a number one first place vote. Come on now, they're also gonna be in that middle spot. Where I mean, and and so because of that, when Tech plays West Virginia, I mean, what do you expect to happen? Tech right now is on a three game win streak in the series, shockingly yeah. enough. But we also. Yeah, but we also don't have uh, Henry Columbia this time. So who knows what happens? Yeah, that to me, that's the only thing we have going for us. We've lost you three times in a row, so it's got to be like bulls and board material. <laughs> we can't do it again. Like, Neil Brown can't do this again. Like, he, he cannot lose to Texas Tech again. Like, this just cannot stand. He has to win this game. It's one of those games. It's like losing to Oklahoma State. We lose to the Oklahomas every year, it seems like. Neil Brown has to beat the Red Raiders. He's got to. And there's no real excuse not to do it this year, barring, you know, significant injuries. Not because Texas Tech is terrible or because West Virginia is great, but because it's one of those toss-up games. And when you have a toss-up game to a team you've lost two, three times in a row, the edge should go to the team who's lost three times in a row. So I give him almost no excuse this year when it comes to beating the Red Raiders, playing Texas Tech. Sun's up, put them guns down, get to them. 
I mean, and, and this would be payback, especially for last year, because when Tech went to Morgantown and won on the road, now flip side, it's it's time for the Mountaineers to do the same thing in Lubbock. But I, I will say, because it's a toss-up game, it does make it more difficult being at home, right? Last year, y'all were favored. It was just straight up, wasn't even a toss-up game. It was everybody coming to that game. I think I even told you, like, hey, it ain't, it ain't gonna be too too hot for us. We were everybody sat around expecting L's. And surprisingly, we came out with a dub. I will say this time around for both West Virginia and Tech, by the time we play in, in late October, we'll know what both teams are. So that'll be very interesting to see um, how that goes forward. It'll also be Graham Harrell's homecoming, right? I, I believe this will be his first game coaching back in Lubbock. Um, and he's still a legend down there. So that'll be very uh, uh, interesting to see how that that whole thing uh, comes in. I know he'll definitely want to win this game against his alma mater. Um, Neil Brown is still, for some reason, hated in Lubbock. So that'll be a nice little interesting interesting piece there. But um, uh, So as we transition and look at your schedule, and we kind of talk about tech, the West Virginia Tech Tech game being late October, um, you are, you, y'all schedule is interesting because I, I said Texas Tech we're dealing right now is arguably the toughest non-con schedule that we've, we've, we've seen. We have NC's, we have a, a NC State and Houston on non-com, a five week stretch of ranked teams. Only other school that I think can match just how tough our schedule is might be the West Virginia Mountaineers, right? You got at Pittsburgh, you have at Virginia Tech, at Texas, at Texas Tech, um, you know, at Oklahoma State. I um, mean, even your home games ain't too easy. Home against Baylor, uh, um, right? Home against Oklahoma. So what, I mean, what are some games that kind of come out come out at you and, and are games that you're like, man, I got really got to watch out for this one? Well, you know, like I said, the Oklahoma teams, we just have a terrible record against the last in the in recent years. Terrible, terrible record against the Oklahoma teams. 0-3 against Texas Tech the last three years. That's terrible. We gotta fix that. We haven't played Pitt in ten years, even though we're seven and three against so, them the last ten. So Go let ahead. me let me just say something about that one, because I kinda glossed over it. But I mean, for those that don't know, your Twitter name is at I also hate Pitt. Y'all ain't played them in a decade. The backyard brawl is back. How big is that game on 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 Labor Day, Labor Day weekend? It's it's Thursday night, September the first, and it's sold out already. Pitt does not sell out anything. They don't sell out anything. They don't have fans. Nobody cares about Pitt. Pitt, I'm dead serious. Listen, Pitt is the third most important university in their own city, behind Penn State and West Virginia, right? And that's not even counting how far behind they are when you count the Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates. This is not just hate. These are straight facts. And if you go listen to our Why We Hate Pitt, you will see that what I'm saying is just, just straight-up truths. Pitt, West Virginia, is a big deal. The Backyard Brawl was just rated number five most important uh, college rivalry by Barstool Sports. This is, so this is not just a West Virginia fan spouting off. This is just this is real for all of college sports, for college football. This is a big deal, man. And they haven't played in a decade, and it still ranks that high. So to go to what is sorry, so to go to what is now Acroshore Stadium instead of Heinz Field, which we're gonna still call it Heinz Field, to go to Acroshore Stadium, get the first win in the history of Acroshore Stadium, that would be a huge deal for West Virginia, right? To go beat this team that's ranked number 16 in the coaches poll, might be higher in the AP poll when time comes. To go beat this team that has aspirations of going to the playoff because they didn't make it last year and they think they can win the ACC this year again after winning in 2021 over Wake Forest, that's a, it's a big deal. So, yes, you're right. It's a tough schedule, but beating Pitt would be a big deal for us. Um, 
It, there's a lot going on. Virginia Tech, yes, we beat them last year at home. We have the, the Black Diamond Trophy. But the trouble with that is we don't play them for a long time coming. So we want to keep that trophy in Morgantown. So there's a lot on the schedule. It's hard for me to pinpoint one game in particular that I'm like, yeah, we got to win it. But I will say this. We haven't beaten Oklahoma in conference play since we've been here. So that's another game that I look at the schedule and I say, we got to circle that. I'll say this. It's a home game against Oklahoma this year. Brand new head coach, brand new quarterback. I'm not as high on Oklahoma as a lot of other people are because of this. And there's every year to, to kick Oklahoma while maybe not they're, maybe they're not down, but they're vulnerable. This is the year. Yeah, that's what I say too. I'm not a Brett. I don't believe in Brett Venables. I was persuaded years ago to believe that if you've been a coach, if you've been an assistant coach for decades, there's a reason. Very rarely do you stop being an assistant coach, become a head coach after decades, and are successful. Very rarely does that happen. Brett Venables to me fits that mold. I'm not sold on Dylan Gabriel. I'm not sold on pretty much anything that Oklahoma's doing this year. We had them on the ropes last year mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, in Norman. So, and that was with Jared Dagey. <laughs> so <laughs> I think if we can, if if ever there was a chance to beat them, this is this is the year. So let's let's talk about it. This is tortillas and takes. Let's hear your take, Brandon. What do you think the West Virginia Mountaineers are going to be able to do this year? What does their end of year uh, record look like? Uh, I'm going to predict. I, I predicted already. So I predict <laughs> I predicted multiple times on different platforms and I go back and forth. So, you know, people can judge me how they want to judge me. But what I'm feeling in my heart, it's like, do you play Wordle? I, I did. I, I, I lost. I stopped no. playing for like a week and then and then it just it, it went away from me. I'm like, I ain't getting back on. Well, some people have go to word words. They have a word they use every day. I oh, just yeah. go with what's on my so when people ask me this question, what are the Mountaineers going to do? I just go with what's on my heart. I just, whatever the Lord put on my heart, that's what I go with. So what I'm going with right now, how I feel in my heart right now, is that the Mountaineers will be 8-4. and four. Eight They're going to finish the season 8-4. and four. Eight and four. So unfortunately, we don't have Jeremy on this year's episode. Because uh, if you remember yeah. last year, Jeremy predicted what yeah. was it, 10-11 wins last year. We made fun of him yeah, for he, the entire season. He, it was he went a- with he he drunk the Kool Aid, bro. He was hyping him up the whole episode. Uh, Jeremy was like, "Yeah, this is this is the team. <laughs> you had him." And I wish he was here because I've been making fun of him for a year. Uh, and I and I'm just gonna go ahead and say his predictions is 11 wins again because it's just funny to keep saying that. Um, for me, I it's not that I don't think West Virginia is a good team. I've liked Neil Brown from the very beginning. Last year is when my 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 belief in Neil Brown really dissipated. And now it started that doubt of Neil Brown really crept in last year. I'm not sure if he's gonna be able to get it done. Um I have West Virginia at six and six. I do think I don't know which game it's gonna be. I do think you're gonna beat either Pitt or Virginia Tech. I just don't know which one. One of those two you're gonna win. But I also think one of those two you're gonna lose. But it's just I just don't know which one. And I'm I'm much better at saying you'll lose one of these group of games than picking one game to be like boom that's it. Um, and then with that I got I got so with you having two non-con wins I got you going four and five in conference. I think this is a very I can't tell if this is a team that will be coached up to six and six or coached down to six and six. Right? It's going to be one of the two. It's either a very talented team that Neil Brown will coach down to or a subpar team that Neil Brown will coach up to, and I haven't decided that, but six and six just feels right. Just like you said, in my gut, in my heart, I got six and six for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Right. right. 
Gotta go with your gut, man. Gotta gotta go with it. So, uh, we we had you last year. We had you on, and we did the hot take questions. Um, we got new ones for you this year. This year we got brand spanking new ones. Are you ready, Brandon? I'm ready. Give them to me. All right, let's do it. Um, are you gonna miss playing Texas and Oklahoma? Yes. Which of the new Big Twelve teams are you most excited to play, other than Cincinnati? Oh, that's <laughs> you got me. I was gonna yeah. say I, I'm gonna say UCF. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Take that back. Take that back. Hogo Bowl, you Houston. <laughs> there you go. Um, give me, uh, give me your 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 new your favorite music artist, or sorry, your favorite current music artist. My favorite current music artist. I'm listening to a lot of Morgan Wallen right now. All right, there you go. Um, worst college town on the East Coast? Best college town on the East Coast? Worst college town on the East Coast. Worst college town on the East Coast? I'm going to say Pittsburgh. <laughs> hey, is it because it's not a college town? It's not a college town. <laughs> well, since you actually, I now want to know what you're going to say for best college town in the, in the East Coast. You can't say Morgantown. That doesn't count. I'm gonna say Athens, Ohio, man. If you if, if do we count Athens as East Coast? That's technically Midwest, but I'll let it slide. That I'll I'll let it slide. It's in the area. Okay. It's in the area. Um so let's do Pat Mahomes or Pat White. Oh, in college or what are we, what are we saying? Whatever we your asking? heart whatever your heart says. I gotta ride with the guy who won five bowl games. I'm going with Pat White. <laughs> Favorite West Virginia basketball player of all time? Uh, Deshaun Butler. Uh, favorite restaurant in Morgantown? Uh, in Morgantown? Yeah. Give me Keglers. Say one nice thing about University of Pittsburgh. Excellent, excellent medical facilities. <laughs> that's... that's... That's uh, it's in my industry. That is facts. Um, and then last but not least, better tortilla, corner flour. Uh, I'm a flour tortilla guy. There we go. Flour tortilla man, and he is the man of the people. Uh, Brandon Phoenix. Brandon, go ahead and plug everywhere people can hear you, listen to you, and follow you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the Raspy Voice Kids. We do a pop culture podcast every Monday. And we do our West Virginia University and sports that encompasses all sports podcasts every Thursday morning. We do our YouTube videos, so you can check us out there. And you can also check out all of our uh, social media, Raspy Voice Kids, on all platforms. That's TikTok, that's Instagram, that's Twitter, that's Facebook. And you can follow me at I Also Hate Pit. Pit is never capitalized because they do not deserve to be a proper noun wherever you follow social media so as we always say get at your boys so i i mean y'all i've seen y'all on uh um on news channels and and, inter- and you know y'all have a segment i think on the uh on the local news channel down in west virginia y'all big time yeah man we're doing it we're doing uh we do wtap every every other friday we do daybreak for wtap so check that out too it's a lot of fun yeah, now that's hey CBS thirteen and Lubbock, get at us, right? We can we can do the same thing over on our side. <laughs> that's that's right. So um, that's all I got. That is the end of our series of on um, Big Twelve programs um, as we move forward. But that means football season's almost here. We're in August, right? September's right around the corner. Um, and next up is the two part 
Texas Tech season preview. So be on the lookout for that coming up. So for Brandon Phoenix, this is Albie Shore, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Ray Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.